John Holtz, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be hey. here. How are you doing? Thanks for doing this. Pardon? I said thanks for doing this. Glad to have you on. Yeah, yeah, you bet. Very, very well. Uh, yeah. So what have you been up to lately? Well, finishing the craziest school year of my teaching career. Mm-hmm. Kind of glad that that's done, not going to lie. Yeah, I bet. I mean, so what happened, like, during the whole, the whole like, pandemic? Like, you was the whole school shut down? Well, we basically had to keep our heads on a, you know, pivot. It felt like just like you were a bobblehead because things just kept changing. I know when we came back in the fall, we were what was called a hybrid model where we would get half the kids every other day. And, and that that was okay. At least you saw some faces. Um, you know, it wasn't as productive, you know, there's only so much they can do at home when I'm not sending home materials, but it was okay. And then cases, you know, started to go up and then we went to full distance. So you quickly, what I mean, and, and that's gotta be a really hard thing being a ceramics teacher, like trying to teach somebody over the internet. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, a, well, and first just getting materials ready, cut clay, bag it up, get tools, order extra tools. Cause I don't normally keep, you know, a hundred and something of this kind of rib around. So quick order, bag up, you know, make up kits, get them ready, hopefully get the stuff back. And and it was inconvenient for kids and parents too. I mean, holy crap. I'm suddenly asking mom and dad to have coil pots built at the kitchen table. And, yeah. um, and then it was inconvenient. They got to bring it back in, get it fired, come back again, get the piece, get some glaze, glaze at home, bring it back. So again. How does that work out then? Like, do they just bring it in there and then you got to fire it? Yep. Yep. And that, that was the least of, of my, you know, I, I knew it was inconvenient for them, but yeah, you know, the, that, the that's, that they're not getting the experience of firing it themselves. Yeah. yeah. And the, and I, I'm not, this isn't a knock on anyone, you know, but the quality of work goes down too because you're not standing next to them going, "Oh yeah, hey, don't forget about this," or oh, "I wouldn't do that." Um, yeah. Like I said, it's, it's not a knock on them. It was just, it's just, yeah, it's an inconvenience yeah. on everybody, you know. And yeah. my mom works in the school too, you know, like serving lunches and whatnot. And it sounded like a headache, you know. She had to sit outside, like you know, hand them out every day. Like it sounded like just a headache. Yeah. And just the constant change. And then suddenly, you know, a, a kid would, if they either got COVID or had an exposure, they'd be quarantined for 14 days. So yeah, you know, we, yeah. the teachers, we just try to show a lot of grace and, and understanding. And I mean, you almost have to, I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. It, 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 it's, it was such a bad experience. I think for everybody, like you said, parents, teachers, students, like it, it was definitely hard for yeah. sure. Yeah, we're exhausted. We it was it was good to see the, the year come to a close. Yeah. So you guys like fully like open back up now? Yeah, I mean I know like for the summer programs, um like my son started some today and masks are not required. I'm still doing driver's ed and we, we're not not requiring masks in the car anymore, so feeling you know some normalcy it's good yeah it is it's a good feeling is he going to to buffalo too then 
Yep, my oldest is a sophomore, and my youngest is a seventh grader. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, school is hard. I mean, I think it's like during the whole pandemic, like it's going to change everything. Like online classes are going to get more popular, you know, like stuff like that. They're going to get way more popular because, I mean, I mean, even people working from home where they can just sit down on their computer and just, you know, basically do what they do anyways, like in the office. Right. People that are wishing for things to go back to normal, like it, it ain't gonna happen. I mean, no. we'll we'll get some normalcy back, but it's not gonna stretch back to where it was. And then maybe it should. That's that's fine. You know, and, and maybe it shouldn't. I mean, like even with me going to school right now at Harvard, like it it cuts down so much on expenses. Because I mean, when I was going to like Anoka Ramsey, like you'd have to pay for books, you'd have to pay for you know. But well, I didn't, you know, I still lived at home at, you know, the time. But I mean, there's so much more expenses. But I mean, if you're like in the not in the tri state area, like you gotta, you gotta pay all those out state fees, which is right. extremely expensive. But you know, when you do it online, you don't worry about that at all. Yep. So it, it's definitely going to change the way I think every business is probably going to work. Absolutely. You know, but I mean, obviously, like not for like ceramics and stuff like that. Like you can't teach that, really. Like, Some things you got you got to show up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like same thing with like glass blowing too. Like you you can't just teach that. Like I mean, at least you can't teach like a beginner like how to blow glass over a computer. Yeah. I mean, you can you can teach somebody that's probably been doing it for a long time it's like okay all right you can learn more you can learn more about this you can learn more and you know and that's the thing too is i've learned so much online about class point but as a starter you wouldn't be able to do that like you wouldn't be able to have the hands on you know yep gotta get in there get your hands dirty Mm -hmm. yep so all right let's go on to this um here's one thing I wanted to ask you like how did you get into photography like have you been doing it for a while yeah that's um, it's an interesting path um, which really goes back to my my cancer diagnosis in 2005 um, in you know in 2005 April I was diagnosed with testicular cancer um, and, you know and that that throws you for a loop that's a crazy scary well, word um and I was just, I was just tipping, you know, my toes into uh, the world of photography and got my first digital camera that year. And then I took this class and just an extension class through the U of M on travel photography. And it just, I was just, I was like, yeah, I, this, this is, this gets my juices going. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I, I found it really therapeutic during my cancer treatments, just grab the camera and, you, you know, go walk in the woods. And it was, it was just the best therapy out there. Um, so I started doing, you know, some, you know, I don't know if you want to call it nature, wildlife, and then um, some travel photography. And I didn't really set out to do it, but I just kept getting asked to do, you know, some portrait work. It wasn't, um, like I said, I, I don't, I didn't really set out to do that. Um, 
and I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. And, um, you know, made some okay money from that. Um, so yeah, the, in the, the, the camera is just, it's just been a, a great tool. I've always admired great photography. Um, I've got to meet some of my favorite photographers or, or at the very least interact with them. Um, you know, social media has just opened up that door where, you know, before you, you know, had to write a letter. The thing too, is that I want to talk about is that social media just completely opened up that door. Like, it, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's insane. I mean, you know, I, I was in Jerusalem reading David Dushman's new book, took a picture of it, sent it to him through Instagram. I said, Hey, I'm in my, I've just had a great day explore, exploring Jerusalem. And now I'm reading, you know, I showed him a picture of the book and it, literally within minutes he responded. And I don't even know what the time change difference was, what, you know, where he was, but that, that's crazy. That that's, it, it's cool. It, it's so, I mean, it is cool. And like, especially when you know how to like work them. And I'm, I'm sure probably your students probably know way more than you or I, I mean, cause it's, like the generation that they grew up in it's social media. But I mean, like I tried and tried and tried with like BMAC glass, you know, my glass blowing company. And then all of a sudden, like just overnight, like it just got insanely big. And it's just hmm. like, okay, all right, now you can sell glass pieces here. And like, now you can like ship them to galleries. Like yep. it's, a, it's a weird technology, but I mean, it, it's, it's not going to change. Yeah. It's knocked down a lot of walls. I mean, it's, yep. Yeah, it's, it's definitely changed, I think, a lot of the ways that, like, business works, like, also. Because, you know, like, even if you make a ceramics piece and you got a big enough social media following, you know, whether it's through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know, any one of those, I mean, you, you post something and then you just sell it there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of weird how big it got. Because I remember when I was, like I said, like, I didn't know Ramsey. Like when Mark Zuckerberg, you know, first started, you know, it, it actually was called the Facebook, like to start out with. Hmm. And I don't know a lot of like younger generations will be like, oh, the Facebook. But I mean, I've had to learn a lot about him. Like, I mean, cause some of my professors were, you know, his, they, they taught him, you know, a lot of stuff. You know, <clears throat> he went to Harvard also, but. You know, and that, it, that's the thing is, is that it's just, it's such a cool technology now, but I mean, it, it's, it's going to keep getting more and more and more and more probably like bigger. I mean, like when you think about like Elon Musk and he's putting like, he's, well, he's talking about like putting chips in people's brains and stuff like that. Like it, it's, it's not going to go away. I mean, some people think like, oh, no. technology, it, it's not going to go away. No, this is not a fad. In fact, it's gonna it's gonna grow. It's gonna get smaller, and it's gonna get faster, and it's gonna get cheaper. All of those yep. things. It yeah. is, and you know, and you think about that, like even with like even with cell phones, like when they first came out, like you know, or AOL, like you. Okay, so for instance, like AOL when it first came out, like you remember when you used to get those discs? Yeah. Yeah, and now like. I remember dial-up internet. I was like, okay, who's on the phone? I can't use the internet, you know. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I remember that, too. And, like, look at how much it's changed, you know, in the last, I don't know, 15 years or whatever. 
this definitely changed a lot. I mean, for sure. And, and older, and I'll put myself in this category, older people need to not, you know, well, part of it's just, I think, politicians posturing, but, you know, being afraid of TikTok or this or that. It's like when you when you try to banish a new app like that, you sound like the old grandpa yelling, get off my lawn. Or, or, oh, these Beatles, this group of Beatles, they're not going to be around long. They're just a bunch of ragtag kids, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and, and that's that's the thing about, like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, the, the founder of Facebook and him talking to, like, Congress and, like, having to explain, like, okay, like, you know, how do you make money? Like, how do you do this? It's like, well, we make money at advertisements. I mean, obviously, Facebook is not you're going to be free. Like it's, it's free for everybody, but I mean, somebody has got to make money. Right. And, and this, you know, you saw it a lot during the election with people complaining, well, Facebook did this. Guess what? It's Zuckerberg's playground. He built it. He can kick you out. It's Zuckerberg. Love him, hate him. It's his playground. He built it. Exactly. I mean, that happened a lot with like Trump, you know, and, and it's, Basically, I'm, I'm not getting like too much into politics, but I mean, right. like, you know, just where he got kicked out of like Facebook and then he got kicked out of Twitter. Like, but like you said, it's it's his playground, you know, it's a private, sorry, excuse me. I mean, it's a private company and he can do whatever he wants with it, you know, for the most part. I mean, if he wants to kick you off and it's just like, all right, you're, you're kicked off of it and you just got to deal great. with it. But I mean, I guess when you're president, of course, you're just going to be like butthurt about it. But <laughs> you know, at the same point, it it is. It's a private company. It's not yep. you, you know. And they say that about you know, with like free speech and whatever. But I mean, free speech, yes. I mean, like you can say anything on the media, like even the podcast right now. I mean, it's not regulated by the FCC. We can say whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> but you know, but the thing is that you know. You own the company, you own the podcast, you are not really dealing with anybody. But, you know, the thing is, is that, like, he, he does that, though. And, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, like, he, he'll do that sometimes. And, like, you know, even, like, the founders of, like, Twitter, I mean, they'll just be like, okay, all right, you know, we can kick you off. And a lot of people are really pissed off about it, you know, because they don't think like okay it's not free speech but it's like it's a private company you can do whatever you want that you know basically for the most part but here's another question i wanted to ask you do you still show that glass bling video of julie in your class you know i i have a very good answer for that because i i was hoping we could talk about it it's 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 interesting dude you know we talk about how generations have changed. I do on occasion. Um, I'll I mean, throw one. I, I, I just want to bring it up because it, it completely changed my life. I would have never right. gotten to glass point if it wasn't for that. Right. And you know what? I don't think that'll ever happen again. And here's why I do show it occasionally, but, and I was just talking our, our ag teacher, he's across the hall from me. And I, 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 it's weird, dude. I don't know what makes some of these students tick. I don't know what they want. I mean, you, you can throw in something really cool like Chihuly, who's just, and I get, it's it's tough to appreciate 
it if you've never blown the size they're doing. You can't appreciate it unless you've ever done it. I get it. But, dude, if there isn't a worksheet and points attached to watching it, they have better entertainment on their phone right in front of them. So, yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, is that, like, when I seen that video, I remember, like, I was just so, like, down. I hated school. And then I seen that video. And I immediately, right away, like, I was like, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen. You know, but we didn't have smartphones and stuff back then. Right. They, I So it was interesting. I think uh, one of these last days I showed... Actually, it wasn't Julie. I was showing some Jim Brandenburg. Um, some it was uh, when he did his Chase by the Light series, where he took one photo a day. And at least I got smarter as the day went on. The first two blocks, about two kids out of the whole class watched it, and I'm like, "Crap, this is just falling flat." So my last class, I just said, "Look, you guys, I don't want to make this an assignment, but I really do want you to to take it in. So just just." For these, you know, 60 minutes, it's only, you know, just put your phones away. And they yeah, did. That's, that's the stupidest fucking thing, you and know, because. And then I think that group actually got something out of it. But I had to, I had to address it. And and so yeah. I'm learning, you know, I. I yeah, I'm you know, and that's the thing is being a teacher, you're learning from your students also all the time. Like trying, I'm trying, man. It's, exactly. it's, um, I'll never totally understand or or think like they do um but i, I know tr- you really can't i mean like i was probably a really big dickhead like <laughs> when you were teaching me but I, I remember seeing that video and i went up to your desk right away and i was like dude this is so fucking this is so fucking cool like where can you do this and I, I completely can remember, like, the entire moment, like, you and I were talking about this. And you were like, well, I had a friend, like, that took a glass point class or whatever. Brandon, so, I can okay. barely hear you all of a sudden. Okay, sorry. Like, it, I had the phone a little bit of, far away from me. Can you hear me now? Not strong. Okay. Can you hear me now? Uh, something went. I can hear you, but it's really faint. Um. Okay. I'll just I'll just hold the phone a little closer. Yeah. Okay. Is it any better? A little bit. Okay. Um. So you're talking so, about the video when you first saw it? Yeah. Can you still hear me? I'm, yep. I'm yep. So okay. So um, the the first time that I seen that video, like I remember immediately like going up to your desk and being like, okay, like where can I learn how to do this? (laughs) And you, you said like, okay, like one of my friends took a glass blowing class and what, and then Joe, you know, you know, Joe, like he took class with you too. And And so he went, ended up going to like an Oka Ramsey at, you know, the start. And he's like, okay, yeah, they have a glass blowing program. And I'm like, it's like, that's where I'm going. Like, <laughs> I wanted to learn it right away. And it's actually the only class program as far as college goes in Minnesota. I mean, a lot of right. them shut down. It's, it's, yeah. so expensive. it's so expensive. River Falls still keeps theirs going, too. Yeah, yeah, River Falls this is probably the closest from, like, where we're at. But, yeah, but, it's just wicked expensive. 
It is, and you know, when you think about it, I mean, you you run a studio, and it costs like fifty dollars to rent, and, and then you got to like find renters, and then you know, some people just don't want to buy art, and you know, and then you've got the cost of electricity, you got the cost of natural gas, yep. you got you got the cost of everything, blowpipes, you know, glass. I mean, it it it's really expensive for sure. Yeah, but th- that that's so cool that it just clicked so fast for you. And and I I I worry. I don't think that's I don't think that's going to happen anymore. I just um, like I said, it just I, and I tell I tell my kids straight out. I get it. Snapchat is more entertaining. I I can't compete with Snapchat. I can't compete with their things that are so instant. Um, and because good art. And especially ceramics is far from instant, man. It takes patience, like a mother. It 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 it's, it takes you know enduring through just pure frustration. Like, man, I suck at this, and you don't really suck. You're just going through what every other artist has gone through, and it's, you, you got to work through it, man. It's just exactly, and that's the thing is like I just you know the first day I was in college. My professor told me right away, like, if you're good at everything, don't blow glass. <laughs> and the reason that he said that is because it's so hard. You're going to fail constantly. Yeah. And you do. I mean, especially with glass. I mean, you're working with it. You know, and like, we talked about this too. Like, I don't know if you have watched that show, like, Blown Away. Like, on People have told me about it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I mean, I applied for. Well, I mean, like I was applying for it, but then huh. I, I don't know, I, I, clo- it got closed down after like doing it for like two hours because I had to, you know, do school stuff, and, but, you know, I just don't like the show. I just, I really don't. It's like you know, as with me as an artist, and then you know, also you, that like sometimes it takes you months to build a piece. <laughs> Yeah, it's just um, nothing's fast like that. It's just ridiculous, and 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 I want to just I I try to you know day one tell them preach to my kids. Look, you know I'll give you a good example. My my ceramics two class. You know they're advanced. They're ceramics two. This isn't you know I always say that's varsity ceramics. I always try to budget some time into each project for screw up time basically. And it it ends up being just okay. I'm done. Sit on my phone time because I don't want to. You know, they just their mindset is, well, I don't need to rework this. I, I did it, and whatever it is, it's great. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing that I've had with some of my students. I mean, because I I taught glass blowing for I don't know, like six years or whatever. And, you know, some of the beginner students, they just don't understand it. And it's so hard to teach them that you can get so hurt doing this. Like, right. You know, like if a glass piece just smashes on the ground, like just let it break. Like do not like grab the pipe and, you know, get three <laughs> burns and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, that's what you, you, you basically teach in them. Because, I mean, I've seen like very experienced like glass blowers that, 
burnt themselves so bad that they basically like out of commission with anything for like probably like five or six months. Wow. You know, because you know, the thing with glass blowing is, is that so, okay. Like you have the pipe on, you know, that you're rolling and people, if you don't teach them well enough that they see the glass falling like down to the ground. So they take their opposite hand and then and then they grab the pipe you know right around the glass and they burn themselves to shit i mean you know and i had to teach my students too like it's like i'm gonna slap your fucking hand you know (laughs) if you're literally gonna like get 30 degree burns it's like don't take it as like a you know don't take it as basically like i'm being mean to you it's just like I'm just trying to like make you not get hurt because you right. <laughs> you can't you know but it is it's such a reflex you know when you see something like falling it's just like okay I'm gonna grab it <laughs> you know and I and I've got like I've even had like you know people that have been like doing like art you know as glass blowing like as long as you have too and there's been times where like pieces have fell down and I've tried to catch them with my like foot. <laughs> Just immediately just like come over and like be like no don't do that and like he sh- one of them we don't need to talk about his name but he just showed me his scar that it went completely Ooh. down his whole leg that yeah. he tried to do the same thing he tried to catch it and like it went through his arteries and went through everything Damn. And the the only thing that saved him because he probably would have died is what he said is that, you know the glass is so hot that it, it just cauterized it. Sure, absolutely. You know? But you know it's it's also it's always good to have good teachers and you know I, you know it, it, it it's also so hard with like glass programs too like you know like we were talking about I mean none of them. Are They're just too expensive. Yep. Sleep up. And I don't know what it is like with you for school. We can talk about that for a little bit. But, you know, I don't know, Ramsey. Like, I think my professor was just so good at dealing with the dean and talking to him. And, you know, and like the glass program at that point was bringing in a lot of money. You know, so like people who are like, okay, all right, like, well, I'll, you know, take other classes and whatnot. I mean, it all comes to the money for sure. Absolutely. You know, and I don't know what that's like at Buffalo now. My budget has, it it has shrunk uh, over the years and you, you just, you know, I'm department chair. So I, but in the same breath, I've also lost, um, if you knew Mr. Gunderson, I don't know if he was there yet when you were there. Oh yeah, um, yeah. He he's only part time, so he's it's myself, Miss Jackson, and then Gundy's only there for two two blocks of the whole year. So, you know, I, it's not an upside, but I'm only buying painting supplies for two painting classes that he teaches. So, I'm I'm yeah. buying less, but my my budget has shrunk too. And you know, I mean, as you know, everything. It's gone up. Glaze, glaze has gotten wicked expensive. Paint's gotten expensive, and we just labor's gotten expensive. Everything's gotten expensive. Yeah, we just do our best. Yeah, I mean, you almost have to, but yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember. Understand for sure. 
That was another thing I was going to ask you. Like, is Baki still around there? He's still living in town. He's he's very retired. Um, um, but he and I, I think he was in the hospital a week or so ago. But I think he's out. He's at home. But yeah, he's and he's still volunteer coaches once in a while, and they'll put him on the bus to go to some meets. I think for the wrestling team. Can't yeah, yeah, yeah can't. Yeah. Take, can't take the wrestling out of him. No, and that's the thing is he always has been about that. Like you yeah. know, the young ghetto Baki is who comes up all the time. <laughs> you know, and he, he, I guess with like any like high school class, I mean, at that point, he was one that did not hold back anything. No, like, no, he he he. Uh, a teacher doing what he did then today would probably get in a little trouble. Oh, I'm sure. Like, <laughs> I would imagine, for sure. But he was, I mean, like, I don't know, I talked to Kyle Baki, and he said he probably is going to come on the podcast. But, I mean, he he did not hold back anything. Like, it, it was just insane. And I don't think he could even get away with that these days. Like, you know, because obviously he's teaching the classes that he is. And... You know, we'd have Hispanic people in there, and we'd be like, "Oh, Mr. Sanchez!" Like, and he would just—he, it didn't matter. Like, he did not hold back at all. Yeah, and he was just trying to make, you know, make his point. Well, yeah, and he was very good at like getting it yeah. through. Yep. But there was a lot of teachers like that, you know, for sure. He definitely got his point through. Like, yep, people will remember his class, that's for sure. I mean, he just wouldn't hold back from anything, you know, and like, even like me being like, you know, I don't know, probably 14 years old or whatever, and you're not making any money, you're not working a job. And um, I remember going into his class one day, and it's like, okay, all right, if somebody can like, throw this Mountain Dew bottle into the garbage can, I'll give you $27. Or <laughs> it depends on where you were at. Like, So if you're in the front, like, the, he'd be like, okay, all right. You know, and he'd like to, like, gamble like that. Like, you know, I don't think you guys can do this. <laughs> so so people in the front, would, you know, like, okay, all right, I'll, I'll bet you $5.70 that you can't make it in. I mean, when you're, like, 13, 14 years old, that's a lot of money. Okay. And, you know, and I was in the very back. And he's like, "If you make this, I'll give you twenty-seven fifty. You know, <laughs> and when you're that age, like you just don't even expect to even get paid for anything. But what I did is I threw the bottle like after lunch, and then it, it bounced off the table and it made it in the garbage can. <laughs> and, and the thing is, I didn't actually expect him to. Amy, but he came in the next day and was oh, like, I believe it. Here's your twenty-seven fifty, and I was like, you know, I can't take this. He's like, no, we made a bet. You got to take it. <laughs> okay, all right, whatever. But so Jackson's still there too, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Her How's son. Her son will be a senior next year. Yeah. Jeez. Oh. Daughter will be a seventh grader. Yeah, I haven't seen her in a while. 
late. Well, she came out when Joe and I were going last. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, she went. Yeah. And whenever they're, you know, we usually just like, okay, like, all right, we just made a blast. Just like, let's, you know, just give it to whoever's coming there. Like, and it was fun, you know, because she was always one of my art teachers, also. Yep. And, um, <laughs> so we made her like a globe or whatever. And like the reaction on her face was just like, oh, cool. I got a <laughs> ball. <laughs> Jackson's so cool. Yeah. Another one that just tells it like it is. She definitely is. And, like, you know, Joe, like, Joe would go into, like, her class all the time when we were in there. And he'd be like, la di la da like, Chris Jackson. <laughs> like, she'd be like, she'd just give him, like, the most straight, like, serious face. And, like, Joe, go sit down. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, Joe's, Joe's another one of those crazy ones. I mean, he's another one of those, like, he had a mohawk all the time. Yep. I'm sure you probably remember Joe. Oh yeah, yeah, we still talk. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I still talk to him like quite a bit. Like, I mean, at least like once every like week or two. But then it sometimes gets to be like nine and a half or ten hours, and like <laughs> he'll be like, "Brandon, I gotta go to work tomorrow." Like, <laughs> but I mean, Joe and I met like. I think when we were like 12 years old and he came over and he biked over because we lived like a block away from each other and he came over and he had this huge green triarch and my parents are like, who in the hell are you guys hanging You know, this is when we first moved in there and like, they're like, who in the hell are you guys But I mean, still to this day, I mean, Joe and I are just extremely good friends. Yeah, like he he always did. He always had that big green like trihawk, and then sometimes yeah. he had a huge beard, and then sometimes he shaved it off. Like I remember, like when we were blowing glass, I could doing that for a long time. And there was one kid in the class that um, it, he was there for probably like two years. And then Joe came in and he shaved off his beard and like he just like looked at him like like are you the, are you that same person like the same <laughs> person with like that big beard and mohawk right. and, you know but yeah Joe's always did you ever have him in your class oh yeah oh yeah 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 I think I, he was telling me about that because we bought a yeah. bunch of like ceramic stuff and he was f- famous for whenever he would ask me to go to the he'd go holtz can I go to the bathroom and of course I would say yes and he would always do sweet was just <laughs> so, a, that was his pat response <laughs> yeah he's he's hasn't changed much to tell you the truth <laughs> but yeah I mean he he really hasn't changed that much, but it, it's still so fun to like talk to him. Like when you can have conversations like you and I are that, you know, you can just basically talk about anything. And we, right. You know, we so let's, let's go on to this. So like what has happened to like some of these ceramics companies, a lot of them shutting down. Uh, like which, like, which kind of companies 
like, um, what, the, what was it, like, Dick Blick? And, you know, because, I mean, a lot of the glass one companies are shut down now just because of the pandemic that they can't keep up. Oh, I don't know. I guess I haven't heard of any. I know Continental Clay is still going. Minnesota Clay is still going strong. Those are my, those are the two I order from. They seem to be doing okay. I talked to Mike. Um, oh, what's Mike's last name? Mike, Mike, Mike. Uh, Continental Clay. Um, Mike's, uh, he's the president of Minnesota Clay. And we spoke at the beginning, eh, beginning into maybe like second term. And I even asked him, I said, how is the pandemic, you know, treating you guys? He's like, oh, you know, orders are still steady, you know, steady enough. So he wasn't, he wasn't too worried. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I still, well, I haven't been to content of play for a while, but I mean, as far as like glass blowing goes, I mean, they've got like those ceramic kilns mm. like that, you know, well, you use them for glass blowing too, like caramel glass, put them in the furnace. Yeah, and you know you can get them from really cheap. You know if they're broken, then you just end up cutting them with like a diamond saw, and then you know then you use them. You put like a kiln wash on them, which I'm sure you probably know about. Like, yep, yeah, yeah. And I know, like Northern Clay Center, they for a while they had to just pivot, and uh, you know it's all virtual shows, and I think they're starting to open back up and offer classes. Um, my buddy, Kevin Caulfield, he's a potter in St. Paul. You know, a lot of his income was teaching classes and he couldn't, but and he was featured in, I think the Star Tribune. I got, I put it on my wall at school and, you know, the, he's pretty well known. And I think some of them at first just did it to kind of help out. And then it really turned into a, a fairly decent cash cow for him. He, a lot of these high end restaurants were hiring him to make their entire dinnerware sets which is you know for a whole restaurant it's like holy smokes huge order i mean he just posted the other day about some even a restaurant in ohio that you know hired him out uh, so you know there's if you're if you're again that's why i tell i don't care what you're going to do when you become a creative problem solver you're going to be better at your job and there's obviously kevin you know creative yeah. person had to had to pivot and find a new source of income, and he and he did in a, in a really trying time, you know. And I think it actually turned out to be pretty lucrative for him. Exactly. I mean, when you're in a creative, like you know, state of mind like that, I mean, you have to like, like I said, even going like to school right now, like that's all you're learning about is you know how to create different things like that basically have never existed before. Right. And, you know, and that's a lot with the art industry is where I learned a lot of from, you know, you're just, you're constantly learning how to problem solve. Yeah. Pivot, look at things differently. That's what we do as artists. Yep. And that's, that's the thing is that it, you just literally got to pivot all the time. Like, okay, this didn't work. This didn't work. Okay. And then you look at it and it's like, okay, well, how can we make this better? Like, how can we... And it depends on what you're doing. I mean, if you're trying to create something or, I mean, if you're even trying to, like, you know, create a business or anything like that, I mean, you got to literally look at the market. you got to look at, you know, whatnot. I mean, I've had a lot of glass windows, you know, that could get into just, like, paperweights and stuff like that or ornaments. Yeah. Or, but, you know, it's just not for me. 
because I mean, like you're just doing it all the time. Like you're making payroll all the time. You're making orders all the time. But the thing is, is when you own the company, it's like, okay, all right, well, let's think of something different, more creative. Like, how are we gonna make this happen? Yep. And and that kind of like happens a lot. Like, one of like one of the people that I've blown glass with quite a bit, you know, and he's been blown glass since he's 14, I think 13 or 14. But it's still like he is running like a production company. But I mean, you when you've been doing it so long, like you're never probably going to get out of it. Like you're probably still always going to be blown glass. You're probably always still going to be making stuff and creating stuff. And he's still creating them. But at the same point, it's just like, you know, like he's made so much artwork his entire life. And now he's just creating his own stuff. And like, he basically just has like teams working for him. You know, almost stuck in a rut almost. Um, I don't know if I would say stuck in a rut. I mean, it's just like. You know, like I said, like there, there's not a lot of money in art, but I mean, so what they did is they built a, a lighting company. And, oh, wow. You know, so there's a lot of money in lighting. So they're doing custom lightings like around the entire world. And, you know, so that's what they're doing now. But at some point, it's like I just kind of like sit back and think, like, you know, Jesus, like, are you doing this all the time? But, you know, like I said, like, he's been doing it for so long. And I think about it, like, with my dad, too, like, you know, with, like, installing carpet and stuff. I mean, he's been doing it for 33 years. Like, I don't know if he'd ever be able to give it up. Like, even, you know, I just don't think he could. Right. And that's just what happens. And I'm sure it's probably the same with you, like, ceramics, like. You know, or photography or whatever, whatever makes you happy, just do it. Yeah, and I kind of have my my ADHD kind of spills over into that too. I have so so many interests. I could, I you know, like you know, I'm like that. Oh, there's something shiny over there. Cool, let's go check that out. You know that that's my thought process for so much. I I don't, and and that's maybe a blessing too that I don't get bored because. Okay, this will entertain me now, you know. It's, it is, you know. I don't really know about that. Because I've heard people like, say that to me, and they're like, well, I wish I had had that, like, drive that you have. And I'm like, no, you don't. But I, I've got the same, like, ADHD brain. It's like, okay, all right, let's work on this book deal. Like, let's start a clothing line. Like, let's build websites. Like, you know, let's build those. Like, a, yeah, those so really cool yeah you know as long as you there can was an inter- interview no go ahead go ahead oh I was there was an interview with you uh... can use it in like some way that is productive you know sure but yeah, yeah it can ahead. be a, a blessing mm-hmm. there was an interview with uh the producer there's a singer mike Patton. he sang for faith no more and then he's he's got like nine other bands he does one of them that's gotten fairly big was uh, mr bungle and not not big on the radio or anything but a uh, phenomenal singer really odd marches to his own drummer for sure and uh 
there was an interview with the producer, that guy, the guy that worked with him on the last Mr. Bungle album. And he was like, I knew we had to go rapid pace and not overwork the songs. And, and I remember he remember him saying, it goes, because Mike gets, I know Mike gets bored easily. Bored. And yeah. you just, you just, just got, okay, I'm not interested in this anymore. I'm now I'm, I'm moving on to this. And the producer kind of, knew organically he had to let that happen to get more good things out of him yeah no I just well, thought that was that was really cool on? what was that i said sorry like uh, um what were you guys working on oh it was just an interview i read of a producer that had worked with mike pat that singer and he was mm-hmm. just saying you know I, I i i knew i had to keep allow Mike to just kind of bounce from idea to idea because he just got, he would just get bored with things. And I just thought that was a pretty cool observation from someone who didn't necessarily think that way. That's pretty, pretty astute of that producer. You do. You you just get completely bored of things. And like, so I've got a good friend um, that I grew up with. So he went to Berkeley for music. Yep. And he was kind of the same way. So, I mean, he was CEO and founder of um, a, a music production company that he, he founded. And that's somebody from Buffalo? Um, he's from Maple Grove. He grew up like, oh, little, okay. he grew up like three, three, probably three doors down from me. So okay. we grew up together. Yeah. But he, um, he founded this company and whatever, and then he just completely got out of it. Like, I mean, they're probably making some good money, but he just got out of it. He's just like, you know, the music industry's dead. Like, I hate it. Like, <laughs> you know, and I mean, he went to Berkeley and he he got out, and then he founded, like I said, he founded this um, music label company. And he's just like, this is stupid. I'm getting out of it. I mean, he had million dollar investors. In it. Wow. But he he just got out of it, and then he just started building video games. And you know, <laughs> he's he's kind of like been like my mentor through all this like business stuff and you know, school and whatnot. And you know, he'll just straight up just tell me, just be like, okay, oh, like, no, don't do this, don't do this. Like, here's how you're on this. Here's how you're on this. Here's how you do this. Like. Okay, cool. You know, he doesn't charge me shit. It's just like we're just talking as friends. But he did. He ended up just completely getting out of the music industry. And then he ended up, um, well, what he did is he ended up just starting like a video game company. So he built his own video games. And then uh, he's got. I don't know, he's got like $400,000 contracts with like the NFL to build video game. Well, he did build a video game for them. Got on. Brandon, you there? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Are you there? Okay, I thought yep. I lost you. Yep, I got you. Sorry. Yeah, but uh, he just started like making video games for like the NFL and like PGA and like the NBA. Like, so, I mean, it's, it's a good mentor to have for sure. You know, and I don't Absolutely. think... I don't think people really get like the like the appreciation of having like a good education, like you know, especially later in life, where it's just like okay, like you know. 
I mean, I guess because if, if I were like, well, when I was in high school, I didn't appreciate it at all. It's just like, you know. No, I, it's it's hard to appreciate at that time in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely is. But definitely going to college. And I mean, especially when you got to pay for it yourself. It's just like, <laughs> uh, yep. You know, like I said, even like having a Harvard degree, I think it's probably like $600,000. Like, Holy smokes. But you you gotta figure out how to use it and whatnot. Yeah, yes. Okay, so here's another thing that I wanted to talk to you about too. Like, so do you ever do art shows? Um occasionally I would I have entered some more of my photo work um into some competitions. Um and that's always fun to just kinda you know, see where you stand with, with other photographers. Um and as I'm sure you know, I mean, it, 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 art shows are so subjective. You can do the same work, put it in five different shows. One show you get best of show and one you get nothing. And this one you get an honorable mention, you know, and it's, it's the same work. It's just different eyes looking at it and judging it. Um, I probably should do more. Um, so I've, I've done some um, and, and done, um, I, I think, surprisingly well for you know, I just, I don't have much formal, you know, photography training. I didn't take it when I was in art school. Um, so I just picked up the camera and started shooting. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think, um, um, there, there is a million people better than me. Um, the, the best thing I think I have going for me as a photographer is my background in painting. Um, you know, and that's what I tell you, you know, if I do teach a class, I'm like, if you want to learn composition, study painting, study the masters. Um, Cause you can always learn the technical things. You can learn your F stop and your apertures and this and that, and your white balance. That's that, you know, David Dushman, the photographer I mentioned earlier, he yeah. has a great line, you know, the art, the artist in, in photography, the artist has to marry the geek, you know, the, and the geek understands the cameras and the settings. And, and that's actually my weak point. Um, I, I have the vision. Of- hey, hey. Um, so we were talking a little bit about art shows. Um, yeah, I, I was I was rambling on before I realized we weren't connected. So I, um, yeah. I'm not sure yeah. where we were at. Um, but I mean, what do you think about art shows? I mean, I've done a lot of them, and like I don't know if I really like them. Expensive, like. Uh, well it's okay so we made the glass skeleton which is like one of my biggest pet peeves about that is that we made the skeleton and they gave the best in show to somebody that was making Heineken cups so they just cut them and that's all they did and they fire polished them and you know one of the judges would come by and like he'd flicker you know skeleton because he he thought it was plastic he's like there's no way that somebody can make this out of glass yeah, and that's I don't know if it was on tape or not, but I was saying you know you know, you can enter the same work into five different shows, and one you might get best of show, one you might get nothing, and one gets honorable. You know, it's so it's so subjective. Um, it, it and that's why we, we, you know, that was always hard for the high school kids to understand. Like, well, my work is it's awesome. Well, it's also hard to see. I think your own work objectively too of course we fall in love with it 
Um, I mean, I don't really like when I make a piece, like I just, I think Joe and I were talking about this with you is that like, you just don't like seeing one of the pieces that you made around. Cause it's like, Oh, like it's basically like a picture of myself. <laughs> I don't, I don't, don't quote me if like if that's wrong, but yeah, I think I, I, you know, or it's like talking to yourself a little bit's okay. And yeah, I don't, I don't keep much of my own work around. Um, uh, yeah, same with me too. Like I try not to, like, I just want to get out, like, you know, have somebody like appreciate it and like have them yep. look at it, you know? Yeah. It needs an audience. It, exactly. But I mean, like doing these art shows and stuff, like, it's just like, I don't know, like, you know, I've, I've worked with some artists before, you know, that they basically go around the entire country or the entire world and you know they're, they're struggling to make like 30 grand off of it like it's, it's, it's just you know like you said to your students like it's it's just subjective and like you know and that's even like when we were talking about like blown away like this show on netflix like they're basically just looking for money like I, I don't think like that they really like actually. I don't. Know, I guess this is hard to explain, but you know they're they're basically just looking at how are they going to make money off of the show. Like they really don't care. I mean, I've seen some of the best glass artists in the entire world. Like you know, as far as in my opinion, like at least the most talented. And I, I see these like shows like just where the winners, you know, get basically first place or whatever, and you know all these deals and whatnot. Hmm. You know, and it's always probably going to be that way. But you know, at the same point, it's like you, you, I don't know. You just got to keep working and working and working and working and working. But, you know, and that's the same thing with, like, glass blowing. I just love doing it. Like, it just makes me happy. Like, I literally just, like, I'm excited to go in the studio. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, there's there's so many things that you got to, like, figure out. I mean, you got to figure out annealing temps. Like, you got to figure out. I mean, there's so much science that goes into it also. Like, as far as, like, okay, like, the, you know, coffee yeah. of this glass. And, and that's what's sometimes frustrating to try and our, our audiences don't always understand. You know, they, they see something for sale. Well, why does it cost that? You know, da, 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 da. Yeah. you know, you know and they look at it and it's like, well, wait, like, it, does it really cost that much money? And it's like, well, yeah, it, it does, you know, but it, it takes so much time and effort to do it, you know. And like, I had to do a lot of shows at like the state fair, the Renaissance Festival. Like, well, I even went to France actually. Like, mm. and it's just like, you know, like it's so hard to explain to people, like, when you're doing these shows, like, it's like, yeah, like, yeah, like, this shit costs money, you know, and then you got, like, the doctors or lawyers, and it's, like, whatever, like, you know, and then they try and underbuck you, like, completely, but, but that's just, the, that's just the way it is, I mean, people don't really understand how much work actually goes into making this stuff. No, and they don't, I mean, understand overhead or what, I mean, I remember when I would take my Ceramics 2 class to Northern Clay Center, 
Kevin, my friend Kevin would give us demonstrations and one of the kids had saw, he had thrown a pretty large platter and it was out in the showroom in the front. It was $90. And a kid was yeah. asking him, well, why, why did it cost that much? Cause the kid thought that was too much money. He's like, well, 90 bucks uh, right off the bat. Northern clay center is going to take 40%, 45, probably some yeah. galleries take, as you know, so I mean, you, well, you know, so when we do the shows at the state fair, I mean, they take around like 50 to 60 percent. Yeah, usually, you know, now he's 50 bucks and he's got to pay taxes on that. So now he's down to, you know, let's say 40 generously. And now he's got to pay for glaze, clay and the fuel to fire the kiln. And, you know, so all of a sudden his profit is about one third of that. And the kid's like, oh, you know. They don't, they don't think about it. Yeah, it, it does. If, it, I, it if, I go over to, if I go over to Israel. Well, especially, and... especially like the, the hard work that goes into it, you know, and that's the thing is like, you know, okay, so we can even talk about this. I don't care what we talk about on podcast, but like even people yeah, that man. like make people that make bongs, you know, and they do the kind of the same thing. Whereas it's like, okay, look, we're just going to go over to China and like, you know, and when you think about it from the mathematics, like it, it, it they're basically paying like kids sometimes like you know probably like three dollars a day maybe you know this is this is the way it is okay so i don't know if you know this is a video that you should show in your class like it's called glass india and what they do is there is there's literally like kids that are like 12 13 you know maybe 10 and they're just throwing pipes around at each other and they're catching them and they just mass produce like you, huh. like you can't even imagine. But yeah, you'll have to look up that video and show in your class. I'm sure some of your students would probably in, be interested in it, maybe. But, you know, at least to like expect what actually like work goes into it. But it is. I mean, it's, it's it's the most insane thing I've ever seen. I mean, because you're you're taking glass like blowpipes that are super hot. I mean, you got molten glass in there that are you know, probably around like eighteen hundred degrees, nineteen hundred degrees at some point, and then you're just throwing it over a ledge, and then like somebody just catches it, and it's like okay, all right, like, and then somebody puts in a mold, and like you know, it's. It was really an interesting thing that I learned in college, like, that, you know, like, just watching it, you know. But, I mean, we've, we've done a lot of cool shit in glassblowing studios, too. Like, some of them I've worked in are so fun, like, where it's like, okay, all right, like, let's, let's take a molten glass out of the furnace and let's pour it and then let's, you know make some bacon or spaghetti out of it or like you know like annealing of it because i mean you know you know what annealing ovens are i mean because they're kind of like ceramics ones mm-hmm. but it's like okay all right let's let's make some pizzas in here and like you just you should constantly like some of them are just super fun that you do like i've, I've heard some crazy ass stories from some people and I was going to write a book about this, but I was like, whatever, I'm just going to start a podcast and said, and so Joe, like, here's its story. Like Joe and I, one time, so we made this thing, it's called a growl. So you make a glass plate, <clears throat> sorry, 
you make a glass piece and then you like either sandblast it or you know like well, i read in a book it's like okay you can even shoot a hole in it you know with a 22 so what joe and i did is we shot it with the 22 and it ricocheted off and we're just like holy shit like we both could have just died right now <laughs> like we should probably like see if the neighbor's okay but <laughs> but uh, yeah i read a book and we did that and like i would have never expected it to like actually ricochet off like you know, not a million years but it did, but you know, and, and I've heard stories of people from like you know growing studios with huge like glass pots, like and, you know shooting bullets off of it, and like all of a sudden like the bullet comes like you know you know ricochet around the whole studio. Um, <laughs> glass blowers are insane. They are. They're probably like the funnest people in the world to be around. I mean, artists in in every point are. You know, they are. They just—I don't know. Is this the funnest people I've ever been around? Like, yeah, you know, definitely for sure. But yeah, so uh, we were talking about. Oh, we were talking about a little bit of your photography. I think. Right? Yeah, I don't know. One thing I think when it cut out, I was talking about kind of having photos already in my head of where I'm going. Like, obviously, you know, when I went to Cuba, heck, I, I'm, I'm going to look up photographers who have been there. What, what did they shoot? Cause I, you know, anyone that says they're going to go make work that oh, I have to make work. That's not derivative of anything. Bullshit. It's been done before. So don't worry. Just, just make your stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and, I, you know, that's the thing with gospel too, is that like, we used to think like we were going to be so creative, like oh, like oh, we're going to be the first ones to do it. But you know, there's there's millions of people, there's thousands of people that have done it before. And already. I, I remember, I still remember vividly my first ceramics instructor. You know, I was I was going to make him a, a pot he'd never seen before. No, you weren't, Holtz. You, you, because every time I'd make one, he'd walk to this wall of ceramics monthlies, pull off a 1976 ceramics monthly page 42, and show me it. You know, oh, oh. Paul Soldner made that 20 years ago. Oh, okay. You know, and I just, and he wasn't trying to discourage me. He was just like, just stop. Constructive criticism. Just, just, just make, just let your voice come through. And so like when I go, when I went to Israel, of course, I mean, I'm looking up, I, I, when I went to the Western wall, the Western wall was one of the, my, that on my must, I, I had to photograph that. Of course I went there on the Sabbath and you weren't supposed to do photography. And so I had to be kind of on the sly. Uh, there's, there's my confession for the day. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but I'm like, the hell if I'm leaving Jerusalem without getting, you know, and I, I, I had already made the composition in my head before I even got there. And I made probably a hundred photos of the wall. And the one that I like the best and that's actually sold a few is the, it's, it's the one I had in my head. I'm like, I already knew. It's in, you know, I wanted to get this close up of where they write their prayers and tuck the prayers in the little, you know, cracks in the wall. And I knew the composition before I made it. And, you know, those other 99 probably weren't necessary, but yeah. So, you I know, mean, this is I, I, an amazing place, but I've never been there. I mean, 
I mean, like I said, we were talking about earlier, like with social media, I mean, it's so cool that like, I've got so many people like from around the entire globe that like, you know, just come around, or, you know, come down yep. here, come, you know, and then we'll show you around. I mean, from like Egypt, you know, cause I've never been to Egypt, you know, like France, France have been to before, but you know, stuff like that, where it's just like, oh, yeah, just come on over. Like, it's like, okay, all right. Or even, you know, like even having the podcast, like I met up with this girl, like from Tunisia, and I was like, hey, you want to come on the podcast? And, you know, just to like learn, you know, actually from somebody that lives there. And, yep. you know, it's basically like you're, you're learning so much. And, that you're learning from somebody that's actually been there and they live there and whatever, like rather than reading and like in a book, you know. Yeah, totally different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But no, it, it, it's pretty cool, you know. And like even like it's just like okay, all right, let's let's go deep sea diving. Like you know, like this would be fucking awesome. Or like even like you know, listening to them about like the ocean and whatnot. You know, like okay, all right, like we're you know five minutes from the ocean. You know, like like snorkeling or scuba dive, like scuba diving. Yeah. yeah, it's super cool. Just like you know, like just being able to talk to people, like about anything. Like you know, and, and a lot of people that I have on the podcast is you know, like athletes, nurses, like artists, like. But, you know, it's really interesting that you have this technology that you can learn so much. You know, it's it's basically like going to school, I guess, as yeah. I would say. Yeah. And I like doing it. But it is like, but I don't know. Um, what were we talking about? Okay. Like painting. Okay. So here's one thing that I was going to ask you about. So painting, like, what do you do with that? Like, do you just, like, do you make copies of it or do you just only sell originals? Oh, I haven't painted in, frick, 30 years. Or not, I, I guess, like, I guess anything that you're doing, like, as far as, like, even photography, like. Yeah, photography, you know, sell prints. Um, and, you know, what people don't know is – Every time, literally, especially, you know, with digital, every time you even open up your original file, it, it, you're aging it. It, it. it does have a lifespan, and, and it, it's, never, it's never not going to be there, but the quality of it is degrading um, each time you work with it. So I guess you could say every, every print really is ultimately at some point a limited uh, edition because, you know, you want to you print something – you want the print to be of good quality, not have noise to it. Um, right. But I mean, is, yeah. is that like, is that like a thing that you do? Like, okay, like I'm going to take this photograph and I'm only like going to release like around a thousand or 500, you know? Well, I wish I could sell that many of anyone. <laughs> I don't have that problem yet. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, I mean, is that something you do? Like even like okay, so it's even like twenty five or you know. I've I've never set a, a limit just because 
yeah, I mean, I'll be bluntly honest. I've never had the problem of, oh, I'm selling too many of this. I w- again, I wish I had that problem. Right. You know, and um, the thing is, like, about being an artist, you know, like, I mean, people get stuff in to their head that, that it's just like, oh, well, this art piece, like, there's only 25 of them. Like, it's got to be, you know, when you look at people when they're buying art, they do they look at the price and it's like okay all right we'll just up the price like you know it's far as like for you so i'll tell you yeah i remember um my buddy i don't know do you you know joe becker yep i do joe's a good friend of mine we went to river falls together yeah and early on in his career well no i don't really well no i don't really know joe i know doug becker yeah, that's his brother. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, yep. And Joe, Joe, Joe studied uh, River Falls with me early on in his career. He he had a place up in uh, East Bethel, way north, uh, almost to Cambridge. And so he was just selling work out of there. And he had a set of these tumblers. You know, I don't even. He wasn't charging much at all. They were just not selling. I remember I, I would see him like once a year, and I'm like, oh, here's a year's worth of dust on. Him. And then some lady came in and bought them all up. I think for ten, fifteen bucks a piece. You know screaming deals you know Mm -hmm. and lo and behold the couple and she didn't do anything illegal but she put them in her gallery in in hudson wisconsin marked up to like a 100 bucks a pop and they were flying off the shelf you know so yeah it is it's the same work of art and that's exactly people perceive it differently but it's funny too i most of my family and, and this isn't a rip. It just is what don't most of my family doesn't have an artistic bone in their body. Um, yep. my, my father, who's Mr. Empirical data biology professor. Yep. When I told him, you know, you know, one of my, I think it's a 20 by 30 print, which is, you know, that, that that's about as big as I can print 20 inches by 30. That, that's a large print. And it, and he's like, well, how much are those? Those are 200 bucks. Oh, no one's ever going to pay that much. I said, well, it cost me 70 bucks just to make the print. So, mm-hmm. and, and it ended up being, for a while was one of my top selling sizes. People want wall art. It's big. And, you know, but that just was just very alien to my father's thinking. He was just like, well, why would someone, well, dad, you have wildlife art. You've, you've paid more than that for some of your old, you know, duck paintings. Oh, okay. Well, that's different. Well, why yeah. is it different? Exactly. It's just the only reason is because it's like, oh, okay, like, all right. So we know who it is. We can already get it for free. You know, pretty much. I mean, it's kind of like a mental state. Like, and it, it definitely for sure is. Like, like it's like okay we already know like made it like we can just get it from him for free and you know and i do have like a huge like artistic background and like business i mean my grandpa like makes like the craziest woodworking stuff like you know it's just insane like the stuff that he makes i mean he doesn't sell it or anything you know he just does it for fun sure but you know he's retired and he just wants to like work out in his woodworking shop but i mean the stuff that he makes i mean sometimes like he'll make a piece with like you know probably like 65 you know 70 like different pieces out of different wood i mean he just does it because he likes doing it is retired and it's just like okay, all right, I'm just, but he's been doing it for a long time, you know. 
for sure. I mean, he's been doing a card, I don't know, probably like 40 years now. Something like that. But he does. He just really just likes doing it. So it's cool. And, you know, like, even when I can, like, come and talk to him, be like, you know, when we talk about art and be like, hey, like, you know, what have you been working on lately? Like, you know, and then and there's some times where he's just like, I haven't been working at all. It's too yeah. hot outside in the wood <laughs> shop. You know, and it is, and it, it gets that way in like a glass studio, too. Like, it just, it sometimes gets up to like 128 degrees. It's just, oh my gosh. You know, it's just, it's, it's too hot. But, you know, I, I do come from like a pretty big, like, artist background. But it is cool, just, it's, it, it is, it's so cool just to like have people that like have like minded, you know. Yep. like minded yep. situations and stuff you know because a lot of people don't have that you know they don't I mean even if they want to like be like an artist and they don't have an artist background like sometimes they just can't figure out where to like start or where to do it right so it, it is cool doing it for sure but yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, with the photography, like, it's, it's just, I don't know, it's just so cool that you're doing that, though, because I've seen some of the stuff that you're doing, and it's just, it's, it's amazing. Like, oh, thanks, man. You know, you, you, I mean, you get to travel, and you get to, you know, do that. And... Yeah, I'm definitely itching to fire up the passport again. Yeah, I mean, I've been itching to, like, get out of like the country and well that's the thing too is like I, I was gonna go to an uh i was gonna go to europe back out to paris and then all of a sudden like the pandemic hit and then i was like uh fuck this like <laughs> you know you, i mean you can't it's it's just insane you can't get anywhere over there i don't think right now mm-hmm. like so like even when the pandemic hit so like this book book thing that I'm working on so he's another artist he's uh, what he does is he, he uh, he's a fusion artist so he fuses blast artwork and he wrote a book about like you know making your dreams into art and when the pandemic hit like he was trying to send it to me and he couldn't sorry, he couldn't even send it over here because he couldn't hmm. send anything from France to me to America at the time, which was just insane. But I mean, I don't know. A lot of countries had a lot worse, and you know, who knows? But yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have to pick up on one of your uh, one of your art pieces. Like even like right now, like I'm looking at one of the the pieces that I made in your class. And, <laughs> Oh shit! Like I don't know, I don't know, eleventh grade, tenth grade. Hmm. Is that is that when I took that class with you? So I took a couple classes with you. I think ceramics one and ceramics two. What's that? I think ceramics one and ceramics two. I think. I, yeah, I, I think I took ceramics one and two, but I'm just looking at it right now and I'm like, jeez, like. I don't know. And you say that, like, when we were talking, when, um, 
you were in the glass blowing studio and you're like glass blowing hard and like I don't know I'm mean, the, the way that I think about it ceramics for me is probably 15 times harder really I just don't have like I, I just don't have the experience I guess you know See, because I know a lot of potters become glass blowers a lot and vice versa just because of that whole you know, you got to center the clay, you got to center the glass, and there's there's a few similarities. I know they're you're dealing with gravity in a different way, but that's interesting. Yeah, it, it, it is. Like I was talking about, like one of my first college professors. It's basically like one of the I don't know, he's one of the pioneers in like the American glass movement, and I was talking to him about that too because, well, I mean, this is I wrote a paper about him actually. Um, but he was talking about that, like, so he started with ceramics and then he's just like, okay, all right, I'm going to glass because he just liked it so much better. And, you know, he said a lot of people just like, oh, you're going to the dark side, you're going to the dark side. But I mean, it, it's just a lot different, I guess, but I mean, yeah. you're still trying to keep something, you, you're still trying to keep it on center. Like it's, it's, just, it's completely different. Yeah. I think it's more immediate. With glass, with, with glass, yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, you you got to immediately do it. Like it's it's not like a painting or something like that where you can just let it sit there for a couple of days. You just literally you just got to get it done. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. without reheats, you you've only got thirty to forty five seconds to work with it. I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's it, a perfect art form for for us ADHDers. Yeah, exactly, and. You know, and he said he kind of just completely got out of it. And you know, the thing is, like everybody in like the ceramics world was just kind of like, you know, at the time. I mean, this is like the '60s, and everybody like in the ceramics world was like, okay, you're going to the dark side. You know, basically like, you know, because nobody really in America knew how to like blow glass or do any of that stuff at the time. And I don't know, like, when did you start doing ceramics? Um, not, not seriously until college. I, you know, I, I, I tell this story in class too all the time. I, I had a horrible experience in middle school with it. We had a great facility and every kid had his own wheel and Miss Ludy basically just threw a lump of clay at us all. And we, she's, you know, we didn't even get a demo. She's just, so here we are, you know, you can imagine a bunch of pre-adolescent little awkward kids trying to center clay. The only kid that could do it that had gone through we all got frustrated and quit after the first day. So I said, screw it. I'm, I'll, I'll paint. I'm out. And I was a decent painter all through high school. And, you know, I sold paintings. I didn't do anything great. I just painted yeah. rock stars and my friends bought them. And, uh, and then I, at River Falls, I said, damn it. I was screwed. I'm, I'm, you know, we, well, we had to take the intro of every art class being an art ed major, but I said, I'm, I'm taking ceramics and I, I might suck at it, but I'm going to do it. And, it laid its hooks into me big time right away. I just, when I would walk by the studio and see people throwing, I thought they had magic coming out the end of their fingertips. And, and I struggled. I mean, I, I could do some, every, everything it's I made. Never at the easy when you start. It, everything I made looked like a splatoon. I could throw about three to four inches in height. I'd bulge a belly. I'd close a little bit of a neck. Boom. I got another splatoon. Great, great form. And I, I still remember vividly the night it changed. I don't even know what I did differently. But the walls just kept coming up, and all of a sudden I had this eight-inch cylinder that I was damn happy with, and I left a note for my 
for Kurt Wilde, my first instructor, who was a bit grumpy at the time. And I, I saw him the next day and said, Kurt, look at this valiant attempt at greatness. And he walked by and just gave me a, a monosyllabic grunt, which basically meant, that's fine, now get back to work, which which it hit me yeah, hard. And, get, and, get the fuck back to work. Like, but yeah. it was probably the right mm-hmm. thing to say to me, too. It's like, okay. Yeah. The, nice milestone but you haven't done shit yet kid you know so yeah i mean uh, it's like i honestly i honestly like did the same thing like i took so much constructive criticism like when i was starting you know and it was just like okay like and you're getting picked apart all the time it's just like okay but i mean it, it it makes you a better artist i mean you're literally like but a lot of people just can't take it like they can't take like oh like oh they're, they're making fun of me and stuff like no they're, they're, they're trying to make you a better artist you know and that's kind of one thing about that like even okay so like we were talking about ceramics and stuff and like even you know some of my professors and stuff like it kind of started that way like you know just like here's a glass blowing pipe here like that's how you do it like and you know they didn't even know how to do it in the 60s it really wasn't even around and like it it's just grown so much lately you know but what do your students think about that though too like you know like i don't know that's like kind of like the one of the interesting things that i've always like wanted to talk to you a little bit on lately like because you know like i said i was probably like a shithead student when i was in school but i mean like i said like you know some of your classes just completely changed my life like probably forever thanks Um, so what do my students think about what specifically I mean just basically like art like if you were to show them like a glass blowing video or if anything like would they actually even appreciate watching it like I said I I, a small a smaller small amount smaller and smaller percentage I think yeah and i don't know why um i don't know it you know it's interesting i was i was telling jackson the other day too you know i used to get you know the valedictorian of the class you know this total book bookworm and they would and, and i knew and they knew art was not even in their future you know, they were going to go to med school or something. But well, you know, they, that's the thing is, I I but, never but, knew art was in my future until I took a class with you. I never, but but they would still, article. they would still attack the class with such passion. Um, you know, someone mm. like Charlie Goldberg. I don't know if you knew him. You know, I mean, it just mm, he he no. was he's smarter than I'll ever be. Someone like Beth yeah. Jacobson, Miss Jacobson's daughter. You know, mm-hmm. Beth, yeah. I, I think, became a doctor, I think, you know, but but she took ceramics one, two and three and, and just poured everything she had into it. And I and I, I, I miss that. Yeah, I, I, you know, and that's the thing is that like my college professor said the same thing about like, you know, even like with glass blowing at that time. I mean, but this is like 15 years ago, maybe. But even kind of said the same thing is uh, like just people just weren't interested, you know. But that's the thing is like, you know, Joe and I were, 
So it's like, all right, like let's take up on all these classes. Like let's wake up right. at six in the morning. Like you know, you know, do well, like... and even you know, take someone like Brandon Thompson. You know, he you know, his no. arts wasn't in his future. But again, you know, and I know you guys, you know, same same circle. But he st- yep. was still a phenomenal artist in high school. He poured he poured himself into it. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. But it, is it just ceramics, or is it like Jackson dealing with that too? Yeah, yeah, it's... yeah. Like, well, why? It makes no sense to me. Like, why would you not want to go to like art class? I mean, I guess if like you, I mean, I okay. Because they like, want to get back to their phones. There, there is an addiction. There. Is There's that really addiction. what's going on? And these these app companies should be sued, like cigarette companies, because they they. they they are creating addicts. That's my. And right now, yeah, right now, I'm sounding like the old fart yelling, "Get off my lawn!" No, I, I, I completely get what you're saying. I mean, you know, if they get sued, whatever, they probably won't. But I mean, no, no, it ain't gonna happen. Just, but I, no, I, I do see, I, I do see an addiction for sure, and it scares the it hell is, out of it's, me. It's, it's definitely an addiction. I mean, it's it's so addicting, warrior. Like you're on your phone, like literally, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes people will be on there for like 14 hours a day or even more. I mean, it, it's completely an addiction. And, and, you know, the thing is, is that it's so easily accessible that yeah. you can literally, and I don't know what you guys do as students. Like, are you like allowing them to like, you know, well, be on this year was this, class? This- such an anomaly and they needed devices so it, it wasn't as enforced this year it, it was tough too yeah and then, you know and that's the thing I mean like even with me and I don't even know why they did it like I'm not sure but I, like even with me in school right now I can't do it on my phone I mean yeah I can use my phone and like as long as I'm not plagiarizing anything like right. I can basically kind of look up anything, but I mean, it's not bad though. Like, so like if if you got a really hard question, like it's just like, okay, all right, let's just look it up or like, let's ask Alexa or let's, you know, basically like look it up anywhere. And it's, it's like I said, like, you know, technology has completely changed stuff. So it's like, okay, all right. So they, you know, put it in 682 billion dollars to make 2 trillion. It's like, okay, all right. Like, let's just look that up, you know? and, And like when I was in school with like you and whatnot, like every teacher, basically pretty much said like you're never gonna like have a you know a calculator in your pocket at all times and everybody does now yeah you know i mean calculator video recorder camp good can good camera i mean there's some phones that take phenomenal pictures you know i was just talking to my brother about that too because he just got a new phone and they're just it's insane like you know it's all slow-mo stuff it's all like everything it's it's pretty fucking cool actually you know but it, it, it is like i mean obviously high school has gone so different from like from when i was in there and from you know now 
but you know, it, it is. It's just going to completely keep changing. It's it's not going to go away. No. You know, and, and even like with everybody now, like running online, it's just, it's just not going to go away. It it just won't. But not whatsoever. But yeah, anyways, what's your plans for the summer? Uh, some camping trips. I'm still working, doing driver's ed. So I actually worked this morning. Um, and then August, we got some uh, national park trips planned. So, Oh, cool. Where are you going? Glacier and Rocky Mountain National Park. Oh, Rocky's in Colorado? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about, and I was actually just going to go there last week, but I just got too wrapped up in things. You ever been out there before? Like, do yeah. Photography stuff and been, whatnot? been to Estes oh, just a couple years ago, and I haven't been to Glacier since like the 90s. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I've been through the Rockies quite a few times, but I just never actually stopped. Like, because I usually go, my, uh, my aunt lives in Arizona. So I usually just drive right through. You know, rather than like stopping, it's just like, all right. Yeah. But I try not to even drive that, anyways. It's too long. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty long drive. Is that what you, you're going to do then? Just drive out there and fly? Yeah, we'll drive. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know. I just wish I could travel again. Like, I just miss it so much. We'll have to go on a traveling trip and do, yeah. some, do some photography stuff. Go to some sweet spots. Because, right. yeah, I mean, I do. I'd love to travel. Like, you know, the next place I want to go is, like, you know, Tunisia. Uh, I want to go to Egypt, actually, also. Yeah, that would be sweet. Like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I want to. I I want to go all kinds of different places for sure. But you know, and that's the cool thing we were talking about, like technology, is that when you do go to these places, it's like when we did a glass art show out there, that, um, you know, we had a translator, so we basically, you know talking French and English, but then it's, it's so cool that, you know, like you even have like Google translator. So it's like, okay, like, you know, they can, you know, they can talk in French or, you know, whatever language they speak, you know, in French people, everybody thinks like they're just really big dickheads, but I mean, a lot of them are extremely nice. Probably 90% of the people that I met are just, you know, yeah. The people that say they're dickheads were probably a rude tourist in the first place. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. You know, I mean, it, it, it is. I mean, I, I really liked it out there. You know, but, you know, I mean, there was a couple times that, like, when I'm just, like, just fucking drunk as shit or whatever in the middle of the night. And I'd just go and, like, go get something to eat. And I'm like, I'm just fucking hungry. And, like, well, you can't be out here. And, like, you know, well, I didn't even understand what they were saying. I'm just like, what? And, like, they just didn't like where I put my plate. I'm like, well, what the hell? Like, I'm just trying to put it away. You know, obviously being, like, Minnesota nice, you know. But that was probably the only time that I was over there is that I, like I said, I woke up at, like, 
six or seven in the morning and like went and got something to eat and I don't the server did not like where I put my blade back. I'm just like whatever. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't that big of a deal. I mean it's just but I didn't understand what she was saying at the time. She was yelling at me in French, and I was just like, whatever. I just like put my plate back and just, you know, didn't clean it up or whatnot. No, I mean, I, I really like France, though. Like, it, it's so cool. I mean, especially, like, you know, actually, like, all of Europe. I mean, it, it, just the way that, like, you can get around wherever you want to. Right. So, you, you know, so if you want to go to, like, hey, like, I'm going to go to Germany, or, hey, I'm going to go to Italy, or, you know, I'm going to go back to France, or, you know, whatever country. But, I mean, their countries are so small. I mean, they, are, you know, they're basically, like, the size of, like, you know, Minnesota, right. so to say. But, I mean, but their transportation is, is just amazing. Like where you can just take a bullet train and you, right. you know, you can get anywhere in probably like an hour. Yeah. yeah. You can get anywhere in like an hour, and, you know, something like that. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. cool. You, you ever been over there? I have not. Not spent much time in Europe. Yeah. You have to check it out. I um I definitely liked it. Like it, it was really cool. Like you know, even going to like, well, so what I did is I I went to that art show there. So I got everything paid for, basically for like two months. Right. And but it was it was so cool. Like going to like the top of the Eiffel Tower and stuff, and like it. I don't know. That was insane. I mean, it's so high up. <laughs> It's insane, and then you you learn about so much like the history too. Because I mean, I'm always I'm always like literally always learning about history too, you know. And you got you got so much history in like Germany, and, yeah. You know, especially Nazi Germany for sure. So. So but, just to give you a heads heads up, my I'm, I'm getting low on battery here. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we we can cut it off too, right now. We, I think we covered quite a bit. <laughs> but yeah, and thanks for doing this. It was a great. Yeah, time. man. Yeah, well, it was awesome. Yeah, we'll Appreciate have to maybe it. do it again sometime. Yes, I would be up for it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, have a good night then. Yep. We'll see ya. Take care. All right. Yep. See ya. You too.